Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. The final day of February is the first day of a brand new week of Watchmen on the Wall. Today we have two speakers that will be featured at our upcoming conference in Tri-Cities, Tennessee. First, Kamal Saleem reveals how his terrorist heart was changed and he came to know the unconditional love of God. Dear friends, we know that Jesus Christ is the great deliverer from sin, from the power of Satan, and even from Islam, a religion that has produced so much violence. And of course, we do admit that not every Muslim is a terrorist, but I have in front of me, right here at the table, Kamal Salim, who was a former terrorist for the Muslim Brotherhood, also worked with Fatah, he met Jesus. Jesus delivered him. It's just an amazing story, and we're talking about his book, The Blood of Lambs by Kamal Salim. Kamal was an old friend. We've known each other for many, many years. I remember when I first met him, I asked Walid Shuibat, is this man for real? And I remember Walid said, I would give my life for Kamal Salim. Wow. His book is also endorsed by Lieutenant General William G. Boykin, and that is a tremendous endorsement. So, Kamal, so good to have you with us. It's honor being with you, Brother Larry, and I thank God for you in my life because you are light into our lives. God has used you many times to speak, and I'm thankful Southwest Radio Ministries have you because I believe you are a pillar for years to come. Well, I know we both believe in revival. I think what's so exciting about revival is that it just magnifies the power of Jesus Christ, Yes, how the Holy Spirit cleanses the heart, gives power, gives praise, makes people happy, and willing even to face the martyr sword. That's so exciting. But Kamal, tell us about your childhood a little bit. As a child that you are nursing in your mother milk, There are two different kind of milk, the milk as a baby and then the milk that tried to shape you to be the man that you become. My mother was my teacher, and she had two classes, one for the girls, one for the boys, the boys to become leaders and the girls to become subservient. Her teaching was very unique to me because after my brother left, I don't want to leave the table just like Joshua. Don't want to leave the temple after Moses left. And I sat with my mom, and my mom told me, she said, my son, you are the kind of kid that will change the world for Allah because you're so pure at heart and you are beautiful. You love Allah and you trust Allah. One day you will die for the sake of Allah and you bring glory to Islam. To be honest with you, I felt I knew that Islam is the solution and the only thing we don't know better. We don't know the truth. Even if the truth hit us in the face, we don't know what it is because we're brainwashed and brought up to be that. You met Yasser Arafat. He said great words that you would be used by Allah. I'm sure that means kill Americans and kill Jews. Tell us a little bit about that meeting with Yasser Arafat. You see, when I entered into Yasser Arafat, the Muslim Brotherhood joined the Fatah at that time. And then Fatah became the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. When I was recruited at seven years old and trained in the assault camp, I was chosen to go on my first mission to Israel, which is carrying weapon caches and explosive to Israel. And there were a multitude of our children, you know, young children. And the second mission I was chosen at that time because I was so successful in the first one. 
And I became a recruiter. I was recruiting other children. And I recruited my next door neighbor, Muhammad, whom I promised his mother, Fatima, to bring him home alive. But that mission was so bad that we were slaughtered that day. The slaughter was so bad because they were waiting on us. When we rendezvous with the shepherds, the shepherd has multitude of sheep, and they'll take the weapon caches and explosive. They strap them the belly of the sheep, and they take them to Israel to give them to the martyrs, fidayin, and they will kill themselves by killing Jewish people. That day, they hit us with everything, and all my kids that I recruited and others, they were slaughtered that day. Now, this was the Israelis were fighting you. Yes. You came from Lebanon from the north? Yeah, we came from Lebanon, uh, from Beirut. Hafiz al-Assad, which is the dictator of Syria at that time, which is the father of Bashar, he was working with the PLO, and later on he called his group Saika and Lightning. And so, therefore, what happened is he will take us on the buses and all the way from Lebanon to the Golan Heights. And so from there, that's why Israel took those Golan Heights, because the Syrians were putting tunnels into the mountains, and we manifest inside of Israel to the other side of the mountains. So my job is to rendezvous with the shepherds, and that day, as our children carrying knapsacks and we're coming over to meet the Bedouin, and we start descending over the hill, we can hear the multitude of flies by the hundreds of thousands buzzing. And we didn't know until we start the blood of the lamb and the shepherds. And then Israel starts hitting us. My friend Muhammad took shrapnel that uh, killed him, which is I promised his mom to bring him home alive. And the baby's blood, uh, the young boys, that day, Brother Larry, mixed with the sheep and the shepherd. You cannot distinguish which blood is what. That's why I called my book The Blood of Lambs. But something happened. There's a man that appeared in my life time after time after time. He is dressed in white clothing. And this man came that day, and he pulled me by the collar of my shirt, and he put me aside. I was saved that day until I got the courage and went over there. And I didn't know who he was until later on in my life. Well, you met some strangers, American strangers, I believe, and they were very kind, very gracious to you. You needed some help, and you were so amazed that they were nice to you. And you said, if I remember the story, Allah, Allah, what's going on? How come these Americans are so nice? And tell us where you came to fully realize that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world He's the eternal son of God. I mean, that's a big change from radical Islam to Christianity. Now you're a writer, you're a speaker, a conference speaker. We're going to have you in our conference in March. So tell us how the Lord worked in your heart. My first encounter with the Christian American soldiers was in Tora Bora. That's before America got engaged. And these people were not afraid of us, Mujahideen and Fidayeen, all coming all together and That's when these people prayed in the name of Jesus in front of a couple thousand of us. I knew that their God was stronger than our God because their God was not afraid to declare who he is in the midst of us, and we are radicals. So it put the fear of their God in my heart in a way. They saved my life that day, you know, and I came to know these Christians, their God is on their side. He's saving them, while our God wants us to die for him. Here I was shipped to Lebanon, you know, because the prince, the emir of Saudi Arabia, sent me there. And here I am. My job is to change the American culture, and we were doing a great job. Your jail system, your colleges, your military, your neighborhood. We were changing the culture from within while America slept. 
But one day I had a car wreck. It was so severe. I cracked my neck in two places, my collarbone, my ribs. I met three guys in process. One is businessman on the road and the orthopedic surgeon in the hospital and the physical therapy doctor, you know. And these people were fighting for me to take me from the hospital to take me to their home. And I was just worrying about why they would not want to take me home. And these people were looking at opportunity to bring about the light of glory into my life. And I didn't understand that, you know, because I was afraid of them. But when I went to the orthopedic surgeon and I was in his home, I came to know the first time in my life, what's the unconditional love of their God versus the conditional love of my God? So the orthopedic surgeon took you into his home. Yes. Wow. To, to recover. recover. You didn't have hospital coverage or insurance. You probably needed help. And I was not able to move about, you know. So he took me to his home. But the greatest thing about this, I came to know they were introducing me to their God without knowing that they are doing this. Because they brought me like a family member into their family, and they treated me like a family member, not as a stranger. I was watching this, and I thought, hmm, their God is looking for a family where my God is not looking for a family. My God is looking for orphans. My God is looking for slaves, for martyrs who would die for him. And I start discovering the two of them, and that's when I start discovering the power of the God of Christians and Jews. You've shared that story with me before, but when I hear it again, I'm just about ready to cry because <laughs> I know it's so beautiful. When I think of so many of the terrorists, they're just so confused, so filled with hate. They think when they die, they're going to have their 70 virgins, I guess, but you know better. What does Jesus Christ have to offer to an Islamic terrorist? Why should an Islamic terrorist stop what he's doing and listen to you and accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior? In Islam, my life was the best when I was a little kid as I started growing up and started looking at the people around me and who they are, including Yasser Arafat and what so have you. I came to know that everything is a false narrative. You know, what you see is not what really are. The truth is not truth. Everything is muddied. But when I came to the Christian's life, I was seeing something, the purity, the healing power, that when God promised me women virgin women to have sex and eat food that I'm not supposed to eat on earth and drink alcohol and do everything, everything that is forbidding on earth, he offered me, you know, in paradise, while the other God offered me his life. And I was looking at the difference between the two gods. My spirit within me start being provoked by Islam. I start falling in love with the tangible God that he is there. You see, when I was at this Christian home, I would start being healed spiritually before I was being healed physically. My spirit was coming to a new place that I have not been this way before. That is my promised land. And that was the introduction of the Christian into my life. But when I went home that day and I fell on my knees and I called on my God, Allah, because I want to know who he is. If the Christian God is this, I want to know who my God is. And I said, Allah, Rabbi wa Mawlai, Allah, my Lord and my King, why did you put me among Christians? These Christians have relationship with their God. They cry to him, Daddy. And he calls them sons and daughters. They tell him about health issue and he heals them. 
financial issue and he gives it to them for a spouse and he shows them for success in their business and he revealed to them I don't want any of this Allah all I want to know if you are real just speak to me what did he say and he did not say a whole lot because he does not speak <laughs> and that was scary part because that day I was gonna clock out brother Larry because there is nothing worse than find out that you are the joke and a joker, meaning you are the joke that you are told. You're the joker who told the joke, and the joke is on you. And I found out everything I've done for Islam, all of a sudden, everything dissipated, and now I'm in that place. It's a lie. And I said to Allah, if I die today because I was going to kill myself, I'd rather live in hell than live with you because you're a liar and a father of lies you are. Wow. And Islam says Allah will kill you. Allah didn't do anything that day. I know your heart, and we've spent a lot of time together, and I would say you're an American patriot. You love America, and you know all the wonderful liberties that we have today, although they're being taken away. Yes, sir. There's some people want to turn this place into a part of the caliphate. Some people want to turn it into a Marxist utopia. Right. Number one, tell us why you love America, but tell us, number two, why you think that we're in danger because too many Americans are sound asleep. You know, the Word of God says, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added unto you. Righteousness and act. You know, a peacemaker versus a peacekeeper uh, two different things. A peacekeeper is the one who keep the peace, just like the United Nations. But a peacemaker is the one who engage hell itself to create peace for other people. America has shown us this. These Samaritan who took me in showed me this. Jesus Christ, when I read the word of God, he showed me this, that he stood on the gates of hell and he said, on this rock, I will build the church and the power of hell will not prevail. That was so powerful to me to see that the son of the living God will come to do such a thing for me. So being born again to me is my citizenship is heavenly citizenship. But because America is born again in its constitution, I really believe America was born out of England with a new constitution that based on the word of God in Isaiah. I came to see this nation as not just my home sweet home, but citizen of God. And I'm not saying this for everybody, you know, if you're American, you hear me. But if you're a true Christian, you know that you are in a place where God chose for you the glory and the power of his manifestation for such time as this. So I came to fall in love with this nation to the point I want to defend this nation. When I came out of my closet, and I say closet, the terrorist closet, I got married and I told my wife one day, I put my head in her lap and I said to her, Sweetheart, I want to tell you the truth. It's not about the truth that, that I've done something wrong, but the truth is about I want to fight. She said, what are you talking about, Kamal? So I told her my story. She said, why didn't you tell me before? I said, I was afraid I would be deported and lose my family and lose everything that I came to love. She said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go out and fight. I was a director of information technology making great money, have great life. Then I went to the war fighting for my nation, the United States of America, and for my Christian brothers and sisters all over the world. And that fight is to declare what is the truth and make it plain.
because the truth is infiltrating United States of America. Even after 9-11, Brother Larry, America had this news button, went back to sleep. The church was number one. Today, the church still running away from God, and I say because we give him a flavor of our love, but we don't give him the fullness of our heart. And God is, unfortunately, he's like a dog to us because we can come here, give him a treat, dance around, make a donut, and go away when we need him. But other than that, we need him to entertain us. We don't need him to be his army. It's really creating that birth of fire and power inside of me. It's very sad because I see 1 Peter 4.17 written over many churches. Judgment must begin at the house of God. To whom much is given, much will be expected. We have so much here in America. Tell us what God is doing in Muslim nations. Now, I know something about Pakistan because I have a privilege to start a church there. But how about in places like Egypt, in Lebanon, in Iraq, in Syria? Is God working and bringing the sons of Ishmael to Jesus? The Word of God is so clear. God gave us a blueprint what He will be doing in the last days. He gave it to us in the book of Isaiah 60. He gave it to us in Ezekiel. He gave it to us also in Chronicles. You know, all of it, what He's going to do in the last days. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit. But then he's not, he didn't say that God is fulfilling his word with us or without us. And this is where we have to decide whether we're a Gideonite or a Babylonian. And we are either system. We see today the fastest growing church in the world as we know it is in Afghanistan. And what our current president did, it was so horrific that he destroyed the church. Utterly, but the church is moving now, even though they're being killed by the thousands, you know, because they're being discovered who the Christians are by the Taliban's. The second place is Iran. You know, we see that God is moving in his glory. The enemy moved in violence, God moves in glory. So he's moving in despite the violence of Islam to bring about the Iranian in. Then Indonesia, then Pakistan, and many other places. But here's the thing. I'm writing a book on this, Brother Larry. It's called Ishmael Redeemed, Called to the Kingdom. But this is how God is going to bring over a billion Muslims to Christ and how he is doing it. So we see the Muslims are coming by the millions every year, and God is appearing to them in magnificent way, just like he's in dreams and visions. And we are seeing that the Muslims, when they come to Christ, they become radical for Christ because they're willing to give their life for Christ. And our church in America is not willing to do this because he gave his life, so why should I do anything? (laughs) I know, that sounds so typical. Well, we have been visiting with Brother Kamal Salim. We're offering his book, The Blood of Lambs. He told us a little bit about that title. And I do want to underscore the fact that it is endorsed by Lieutenant General William Boykin. That alone is the great emphasis. God bless you, Brother Cabal. I'm looking forward to your new book. It will be very exciting. God bless you richly, brother. Powerful testimony from Kamal Saleem. Watch and read the complete account of Kamal Saleem going from Muslim terrorist to follower of Jesus Christ. 
The Blood of the Lamb's Book and the Beautiful Truth DVD are available to order today. Both of these resources reveals the true inside story of the life and mindset of a radical Muslim terrorist who finally came to renounce his murderous mission and embrace freedom. Order the book and DVD from Kamal Salim by calling 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online swrc.com. Greg Patton is here to share a story about street preaching in New York City, another installment of Living in Today's World. Well, if you've listened to Living in Today's World very long, you know that we have so many life stories that we can tell, things that God has done since we've been saved over four decades ago, the 10 years in evangelism, 34 years now at the same church that we started, the cross in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And one of the most exciting things I think that ever happened to me, and I was so scared at the time, was being invited by a group, and everybody will remain anonymous here, but I was invited by a group to go to New York City and do some street preaching. It was quite an experience. I think we passed out, I don't know how many thousands of tracks over a two-week period. It was indeed exciting. And what they would do in this particular group, and it was independent missionary group for New York City, they had three vans. And at the bottom of the side opening of the vans, they would pull out a platform. You could stand there. And all of the people that really headed up each van were chalk artists. And they would preach and teach as well as do chalk drawings. And they went all over the city. I was just fascinated by it. And then we, of course, would go down the streets and pass out tracks and some of the tougher areas. I learned so much at a young age in my new Christianity about things going on in the world today. And I had an opportunity, I'll never forget this, they set the van up at lunchtime at New York University. There are going to be 5,000 students pouring out of these doors shortly. They set everything up and said, Greg Patton is on for today. Now, there was no chalk drawing. I just simply gave my testimony that we have told around the world on the radio broadcast called Unshackled. And, of course, I tell it in many of the church revivals that I do, but I thought, wow, and all these people poured out, and I started talking and sharing what Jesus Christ had done in my life. Now it was lunchtime, so most of them scattered in different directions, of course. Many hung around, including a professor or two. One of the exciting parts was to see a professor stop and listen, and even though the men said, come on, let's get going, he refused to go, told them to go ahead, he would join them. Well, one of the leaders of our group saw that and said, this is an opportunity. And he went to him and started to share the good news of Jesus Christ in the Romans road. And guess what? Mm-hmm. He accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. One of the most exciting times. A little scary uh, for me personally, but it was so exciting. And then I guess the whole crux of this message to you today has to do with how God can use a person. One of the members of this permanent team there in New York City formerly worked worldwide with the CIA. He had been a hitman, and I'm not sure how that all came together. It was pretty secretive, but what I did here was just incredible. 
this man you're telling me went around the world and was actually a hitman? Yes, indeed. And he went to the Metropolitan Opera one night where the gal who was singing that night gave her testimony. And this man trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. I mean, my friend, think about that. This is an incredible story. What God can do. By the way, you hear that all the time here on Southwest Radio Church. Sure you do. But this was just so exciting. Just talk to this man. As a matter of fact, if, if he wasn't at a certain place at a certain time, everybody went looking for him, calling, etc. And I think he had to report in maybe weekly or every two weeks to a governmental agency keeping track of him. But he did the ministry there in the New York area. And I remember one day going to Hackensack, New Jersey, one of the poorest, toughest areas in America. And we just went down to the streets and told the kids, meet over at the playground in a few minutes. Going to tell some stories and have some giveaways. Well, in no time, the place was filled with kids and parents. I said, oh, this ought to be good. And this hitman, that's how I'll describe him, was going to give the mini message to these kids. And I thought, really? This should be interesting. It was more than interesting, my friend. Now, this particular playground had glass everywhere. I'm thinking, these kids play at this? Swings and slides and broken glass everywhere? And I saw this brother in Christ get down on his knees and share a mini message to these little kids, and they were spellbound. And when he gave the invitation, I think 31 kids said yes to Jesus Christ. And I couldn't help myself. I began to cry like a baby, thinking, this was really a bad person once upon a time before Jesus Christ came into his life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So here this man is now talking to little kids and leading them to Jesus Christ in this street ministry in New York City. It so encouraged my heart. It really did, my friend, to know that God can use anyone under any circumstances. And that path is wide that leadeth unto destruction and narrows the way that leadeth unto life. And God saved this man. I will never forget that as long as I live, just thinking about the whole set of circumstances and what God did in his life and made him a soul winner at Hackensack, New Jersey. God is so very, very good. So how about you, my friend? Has that ever happened? Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as Savior? The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For this rock and roll disc jockey, it's a teenage boy, invited me to church. Same thing. It sounded so good to me. I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. The 31st of December, 1973. And this has been one of the most exciting adventures that I have ever been on. Yes, trusting Jesus Christ as Savior and living this, it's a great way to live, and it's a great way to die. Why not today? Why not say yes to Jesus Christ today? I will never forget this very exciting story. The true inside story of the life and mindset of a radical Muslim terrorist who finally came to renounce his murderous mission and embrace freedom is found in the book, Blood of the Lambs, and the DVD, The Beautiful Truth, from Kamal Saleem. 
Order the book and DVD by calling 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com. Many people remember David Weber as an expert on Bible prophecy, conference speaker, and radio broadcaster. However, most people are not aware that he was also a very accomplished musician. David was trained in piano and vocals from a very young age, and gospel music was his passion. Tomorrow, we listen to some old-time favorites by our very own David Weber. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.